you're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Get ready for an overdose of common sense. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. To many on the right, they decry fake news. Or on the left, it's disinformation. Yeah, sure, sometimes what both sides are talking about amounts to something that's that's not true or maybe not defensible in a logical way. But often what they're really talking about is just a perspective that they don't like. And at that point, there are basically three options. They can ignore what's being said, they can debate and discredit it, or they can try to shut it down so others can't even consider it. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. And way too often, people, media, and establishments on both sides of the political spectrum, including colleges and universities, choose that third option. Just shut it down. So what's the impact on all of us? I'm joined now by Nicole Neely from Speech First. And Nicole, first of all, welcome back to the program. It's been a while since you've been on. And uh, secondly, you just dealt with this exact type of situation again at a public university. What happened? And then we're going to get into why this matters. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, Speech First is a national membership association that defends students' rights primarily through litigation. And so We have, over our short life, um, sued four public universities, um, and just last night, we settled with the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, which is my alma mater, um, about a case that we initially filed in May 2019, um, challenging four specific policies that the university had on their books that suppress, punish, and deterred uh, student speech. When you say you uh, they they suppressed, punished, and deterred, how were they how were they doing that? Because you know we like to think of universities where we have this grand exchange of ideas and the expanding of the mind that happens on campus, and increasingly we're hearing stories about universities saying you can say that, you cannot say that. So what did in this case University of Illinois uh, do wrong? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think most universities know that they can't just flat out ban speech that they don't like anymore because they would, you know, they'd obviously get sued. Instead, what schools do is they try to employ um, what I think of as weasel words to try and uh, discourage, you know, put that in air quotes, students from expressing viewpoints that certain other students might find offensive or hurtful or biased. And so at the University of Illinois, uh, there were four specific policies that we felt uh, fell within this parameter, uh, that kind of uh, that guideline. Um, there was a prior approval um, for political flyers. If you wanted to pass out flyers on campus related to any election that was not a campus election, so mayor, governor, congressman, president, you would need to get those approved by the school in advance. Um, we also challenged their bias assessment response team. Um, their dorms had their own separate bias response program. And then they also had um, a program in place called a no contact directive which is basically like an on-campus restraining order, but we found that some of those uh, no contact orders were being issued on the basis of speech alone. And so all of these programs were designed just to make it such a hassle, make it so scary for a student to engage in those kinds of policies because nobody frankly credibly wants to face 
disciplinary repercussions, be called into a star chamber meeting with a bunch of administrators about something that students just were self-censoring. They were refraining from talking about uh, issues, uh, controversial issues on campus because they just didn't want to deal with the hassle. And that to us was an unconstitutional chilling. Uh, Nicole, when you talk about the no contact uh, rules that were on campus. Was this something people signed up for and said, I don't want to hear from this group or I don't want to hear from anybody? I mean, is it something that somebody could say, well, it's kind of like a no call list. If you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. Or was this more like what you just described as a restraining order on certain people because of something they were saying and, and some kind of viewpoint discrimination? Yeah, I mean, I think the program um, seems like it was initially developed um, to deal with issues of sexual assault, right? If you were attacked by somebody, you wouldn't want to be in a class project with them, for example. So I think that certainly makes sense. Um, But we found and we heard some anecdotes from students who said that they were being issued uh, just on the basis of speech where, yeah, students didn't want want to be exposed to other people who had viewpoints that they disliked. Um, We heard some anecdotes about Um, the Students for Justice in Palestine chapter uh, requesting no contact orders against the Jewish students on campus because, um, and so if a no contact order is in place, if you show up where somebody has uh, a no contact order against you, the second person who arrives has to leave. And if you don't, then you can be subject to discipline up to including expulsion. And so it puts students in a really difficult position. And again, you can do this if there is, you know, there's been some major violation of the student code, if there's been an assault, if there's been stalking, but to do it because I don't like your opinion is preposterous. We're visiting with Nicole Neely from uh, Speech First. And so let's get into the weeds just a little bit in the few minutes that we've got left here, uh, Nicole. And it's somebody may say, well, but we've got this world of fake news and, uh, you know, inciting. Uh, there's a lot of accusations about what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. I'm not asking you to get into that, but there seems to be a, a renewed focus on not just addressing what people say, but blaming the words on other actions. And certainly words can be inciting, but where do we draw the line between this is, even if it's unpopular, even if it's disgusting, this is speech that is protected because you have a right to say it, versus you've crossed the line. And it sounds like a lot of universities are basically trying to say, well, better safe than sorry, just stop people from saying stuff that might cause a problem. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, the Supreme Court has drawn very, very few lines um, about what is not permissible. And yeah, it's defamation. It is uh, inciting to imminent lawless action. I mean, it's, it's a really narrow category. It's not hateful speech. It's not hurt speech, you know, offensive or hurtful speech. And it's sad to see polls where students think, oh yeah, hate speech is banned under the First Amendment. That is not true whatsoever. And it makes me worried about civics education in our country. Um, but instead, yeah, what we see schools trying to do is they're trying to protect their students' emotional safety, right? To protect them from having their feelings hurt. And sadly, that is not in the Constitution. That is not what the founders envisioned. Um, the answer to speech that you dislike, that you find objectionable, is more speech, is counter speech, is, you know, persuading somebody. I mean, perish the thought, right? That we could talk somebody into agreeing with us and not just bully them into submission or terrorize them or get them. Uh, hauled before a, a university tribunal. Um, but yeah, universities have increasingly seen themselves as arbiters of this. And the problem obviously is with schools like the University of Illinois, they're a state actor, 
I don't trust any government official, no matter what letter is next to their name, to make the right call over what speech is or is not allowed. And that's something that the founders felt very strongly about. This is not the role for government. Um, yeah, and that's why we wanted to push back against U of I's attempts to do that. Yeah, because we may be using words like speech and words, but really what we're talking about is which ideas are allowed to be considered on here. I mean, I think if people look at it that way, maybe there are a few more people on the right and the left who would say, okay, well, do I really want government stopping which ideas are part of the marketplace, in this case, on a college campus? And unfortunately, there probably are some people to say, yes, I want them to only allow one perspective, my perspective on this. But what's the overall impact outside of campus? Because it's easy, Nicole, to say, yeah, crazy college kids, crazy universities, they're a world of their own. Glad I'm here in the real world. Does this have an effect off campus? Absolutely. I mean, what's happening on campus sadly isn't staying on campus. Um, one refrain that I've heard from students for years is silence is violence. Um, so that, you know, you are, you know, speech is, initially it was speech is violence. So your words hurt me. Your words make me stressed out. It raises my blood pressure. Stress leads to, you know, health implications. And then over the summer, we started to hear silence is violence. So even if you and I disagree, I can't keep my mouth shut. I must parrot your talking points. And that to me, I mean, that starts to veer into coerced speech. You're trying to yeah. force me to say something that I don't even believe in. Um, and so I think these very illiberal opinions, behaviors, it's not just staying on campus. It's, you know, it's, it's getting out into the wider world. It's getting into the workforce where people are demanding similar accommodations. I mean, you, we see protesters over the summer, uh, this past summer, right, accosting people sitting outside in restaurants in D.C., uh, forcing them to parrot the, you know, talking points of, of, um, of the protesters. Or else, you know, they were, you know, they, they could have been met with violence. And so it's, it's kind of crazy. It feels like it's a little bit through the looking glass. But um, I think very much these attitudes and these ideas that students are picking up in college are they're definitely making it out into the wider world. And that's something that should concern all of us. All right. We, where can we find more information about your lawsuit and the, the settlement that happened with, in this case with the University of Illinois and the other situations you're looking at? You're on the Web. You're on social media. Where are you? We are. Yeah, we're, our website is speechfirst.org. And we're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I definitely encourage everybody to check us out, follow us, because um, we plan to be announcing our next lawsuit probably next week. So definitely stay tuned for that. All right, Nicole, appreciate the time again and the updates. Thank you. All right. Well, when it comes to education, maybe it's time to rethink the very mindset of how we build learning for young people. Maybe it's time to be more entrepreneurial in our thinking about schools and what happens in the classroom. We're going to explain what that's all about just ahead right here on American Viewpoints. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.